A good conversation can shift the direction of change forever. Would you leave it to chance? Join the authors of Design to Change and explore this series of conversations with designers and event owners. Driven by the need and conversations with event owners and event designers who use the event canvas around the world, this series explores the depths of conversations to elevate your abilities to look and act beyond the now. Episodes are hosted by Rude Janssen, Rule Friesen, Dennis Lehrer, and Paul Rukens, with illustrious changemakers, designers, and pioneers in the field of design and beyond. To explore these conversations and additional content, visit designtochange.online. For now, let's start the conversation. Conversations. Pierre McNeil, welcome to the Design to Change uh, podcast that we are recording. This is the onstage part of it. Pierre, we've never met in person, but we have actually designed a lot of events together, or at least designed your event series together. Before we get started, we have an opening question in the book. Uh, that's on the very first page of Design to Change. And the question is, a good conversation can shift the direction of change forever. Would you leave it to chance? Oh, I think the answer is no, for me anyway. And because, I mean, I mean, when we, I, so I think, the, the, and I'm just going to try to give you some context for my answer is because, you know, usually, uh, I, you know, in, in what we do, there's a purpose for the change. And if that purpose matters, you know, I think that chance is always part of it, but you shouldn't leave chance alone. So. And I think that's, you know, if, if, if I look at the experience I've had, you know, working with you so far, could you maybe sketch for us, for people that don't know you, what it is that you do and how you got to that place in like a 60 second version? <laughs> Okay, so I, I work in uh, biopharmaceutical. I spent my whole career in that space. I worked for, you know, three companies over the entire course of probably what's coming to 24, 25. And, you know, where, where all that sort of, you know, progression and, and, and movement has taken me is, is back for the second time in Asia. I worked for an organization that spe specialized in rare disease. So providing uh, vital treatment for people with you know, disease like hemophilia, for instance, where you, you know, there's no if, buts, and maybes. So the purpose there, right, is to make our product available to all the patients that actually can benefit from them. And that's why I, I like to work in healthcare uh, because of that purpose. And in my particular role right now, what I do is I, I, I'm basically helping this organization become a, a very strong commercial organization so that through that ability through those capabilities across the entire region we can make our product known we can ed, you know educate physicians we can work with healthcare institutions so that like i said every patient that stands to benefit from what the company has developed all the innovation we've we've uh, come to 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 discover and and produce can reach the patient so that's the purpose we we work across eight countries right now all the major countries in the region so china japan australia and we're starting to work in other jurisdictions such as singapore korea indonesia malaysia so we you can see we have a very diverse set of customers very different healthcare systems 
And that is also reflected in diversity of our organization across the region. Let me ask you the next question, which is what's currently on your horizon of change? Right, so uh, the, I have basically a, a mandate that I started about two years ago to build a best-in-class commercial organization in the region. And that means everybody that touches the customer, you know, work together, work in an aligned way to get the best outcome possible for patients and for ourselves. And so that's, that's what my mission in life is, is to, is to build internal capability and individual capabilities to achieve that, that goal. Thanks, Pierre. In looking at, let's say, that horizon of change, because horizons of change change over time as well, right? So you mentioned that you've worked in Asia and in different places. Now we can, we can go down two, two routes, right? So one of them is that we can expand on the horizon of change and answer a number of questions around that topic. Or if you like, we can spin the wheel and uh, choose one of the other topics that are on the radar. Which, which will it be for you? Let's, let's spin the wheel. Let's spin the wheel. All right. Let me uh, spin the wheel for you here and see where we end up. Ah, claiming time. So claiming time is one of the critical uh, skills that people that create change need to uh, frame, right? So the amount of time that is required to do certain things. And so I'm going to ask you a couple of questions around claiming time, for instance. Let me answer, get this first question to you. And this, and this maybe looks at a time when it was more difficult to claim the time to actually have conversations about change, right? You are currently designing for change, the systematic design approach, but maybe what did you previously do whereby you were not being taken serious, seriously when event owners were having the conversation about change? Right? So I'm, I'm pretending for a moment that in the past you may have bumped your head in claiming time were there any situations that you remember where claiming time was difficult or where you find it difficult to get the team to give the time required to design thinking? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I have to say in, in the, the organization I work right now, the, the, one of the core value of the organization that people actually live that value is collaboration. So I have to say, you know, people have always been willing to to you know, give their time and, and put their, their shoulder to the wheels around change. I, the way I would answer this one, though, to, to get to, you know, you know, some of the challenges around that, I felt that sometimes um, I wasn't happy with what, with what we were, you know, delivering or providing. And so I was shy on claiming time. Right. So, you know, no, no one has ever sort of made me feel bad about about it, but I was not satisfied myself. And I was kind of like, you know, you know, we're going to go back and ask, you know, time and all that. And I just wanted to to do better, you know, to, to do better uh, so that I would feel absolutely emboldened to claim time. <laughs> yeah. And so now now you're in the midst of a design process with your team. How did it feel to claim the time for this design process? Right. So I think that, you know, I'm on my way to achieving what I just said, because 
the, there, to me, there's two elements to, you know, to, to, to make people feel good about, you know, giving their time to, to work towards an event or prepare it. And, and also as importantly to follow up on the event and it's trust and value. And so I think that when you deliver value, when people see value in the events that you design, that you execute, you build a trust, people appreciate, they see that this is having an impact. And the next time around, you know, the, the, they're even more eager to, to engage and participate in, in all stages of the events, you know you know, how much they need to invest before, what they need to invest during, and of course, the follow-up. So let's, let's go to question number two. When asking yourself, why are people maybe not always taking the design process seriously or spending enough time in thinking about how to do maybe that event that they have on their radar of change? Can you think about some critical behaviors that maybe you or team members demonstrated that you could have observed regarding claiming that design time. Yeah, so I think that the one thing that I've learned through the, the process that we work through together is that it makes crystal clear all the things that you're you're doing when you actually, you know, plan, execute, and follow up on an event, which I, I've never had that clarity. Like we kind of say, okay, well, we need to get together, right? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing, but events is like, okay, well, we need to get together. Mm-hmm. And it, it, in, some, in many cases, I almost feel like, well, we got to get together. You know, it's almost like regardless of, and then let's put an agenda because we got to get together. I, I've been in that situation a few times and I'm not, you know, I'm not ashamed of, of saying it because I, you know, I, I've, I've been in that situation several times and I've seen and I've learned that this is not, you know, getting the value that you want. Mm-hmm. And so I think the process that we work through really enables you to, to step back and hit the different components. That doesn't mean you're not, you're sacrificing the get together, the, the feel good parts often one, what people think about, right? Uh, that doesn't mean you're sacrificing on that, but you're, you're, you're making all the other stuff a lot more explicit. Yeah. And I think to make that even more explicit, what buttons are you pushing to get what you need, right? Because you're, you're designing a change process for an organization. Um, everybody in the organization is busy doing what they're doing. You're claiming the design time to figure out how do we do this series of events to deliver that change? What buttons have you been pushing to get what you need from them? Yeah, so I think that, you know, one of the most important one is about the promise and uh, you know I, at first it's a little bit it's a little bit more challenging because people have to make a leap of faith but if you if you deliver on that promise once or twice this is what we're going to get out of it this is the step that's going to be visible you know once we've gone through that together and people actually see it happening you know then you, you once once you come back and say okay we, we're working on the next step Here's the promise. It resonates with people. You've got you've got credibility. You've got you know uh, a track record. And and you know frankly, I think one of the powerful pieces is you know the stakeholder engagement that you do before the meeting. I think that's a that's a very interesting piece that that I was introduced to through through the process. 
And once people so okay, now it's it's the time. It's the time for that. We're preparing the next event. It's time for that stakeholder consultation. Okay, you know, let's talk. And I like how you call it a stakeholder consultation. It's not a word that we normally use, but I I really like it because you you are. You know, we empathize with them in order not to spend an obscene amount of time from them at first as a design team. But the fact that you've done the pre-thinking and sketched a way that they could be thinking and have maybe 80% clarity, but by having that stakeholder conversation in that consultation, you're erasing the unclarity or getting much closer to the to the needs of that respective uh, stakeholder, right? So I, I I really like how you say that. Let me add this question because I think it lines up nicely with that. How can you and your team zoom out and empathize with the event owner to address their required outcomes? I think that one of the the, the key thing for us has been you know the pa- pacing of the planning, and I know that you know when in you know before the recent, you know, pandemic, I, I know you've been doing this sometimes over a couple of day workshop and things of, you know, something like that. But I think because we've done this remotely in this new environment, you know, using a remote platform, you know, we built in that Zoom zoom out because it's, it's you know, we're doing this over a six, seven, eight week process. I can't exactly remember, but, you mm-hmm. know, over several weeks. Mm-hmm. So be- between every conversation, you know, offline discussions, there is people coming back and, you know, looking again and again. So it's, you know, it's, it's almost like I, I don't want to, to have a too, too ambitious of a metaphor, but it's like an artist, you know, coming back to the piece. I mean, you know, some artists, you know, kind of do it in two hours and it's done, but most artists kind of start working and then come back and sketch and come back and, you know, so at the end, you know, you've got plenty of opportunity to reflect between every touch that you put to to the piece. Yeah, I like that. And very often it's not until the last set of strokes that the full kind of resolution of the image comes to life, right? So it's the it's the iterative process, but also this ability to like what you said is like you take breaks in between to process what what you've worked on, consult the respective stakeholders, but also think onward so it paces you in a cadence towards where you're headed. And sometimes people tell us that the event design is actually the start of the event, just with a smaller nucleus of the people that are involved in the event potentially. And then people get added on to the momentum of what that nucleus of people creates. And then that becomes the event over time. Let me go to this question. And this might be a bit of a dichotomy to you because you're you're the event owner, but also you have obviously stakeholders in your various countries at a larger space, right? So if you look at if you look back at how you were doing events and how you're doing them now, and now that you've kind of used event design as a methodology starting this year, in the past, would you say that your event owner was not ready? Or were you as an event designer or event design team not ready to kind of tackle behavior change in this way? Yeah, I think I think the biggest frustration that I've had in the past is the fact that because there's no method to to, you know, designing the event, I've seen a lot of time, energy and effort wasted in designing events because 
you have an event owner that keeps changing their mind, <laughs> right? And, and that's going to drive a lot of people crazy. Uh, and it's probably going to give you at best a, an okay outcome, right? Because th there's no, if, if you've got to go back to the drawing board, you know, and kind of go from scratch, it's almost like, you know, the, 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 the spider that's trying to build a web and someone comes and tear it down. Well, after a while, you know, the web is not going to be as tight as it could have been. So I think that's going to be, that, that has been a frustration is when you have a, an owner that is not thinking, you know, with, with an event design sort of framework that's systematic. So yeah, okay, yeah, you need to keep iterating and all that. But I've seen a lot of, you know, uh, instances where it's kind of like from one week to the next or from one month to the next, as you get closer to the event, you kind of change direction completely and you're pulling your hair and you're going like, okay. Anyway, so that's been a frustration. And I like how, I mean, that metaphor of the spider web really um, pulls up a strong visual, right? Where <clears throat> if you do keep changing your mind as to where the spider web needs to go or what the spider web is for, the design, if you keep moving the, you know, the goalposts on the actual game uh, and you don't have a game plan, then it is very difficult to actually have the match, right? So um, thank you for, for sharing also so openly with, because you have a, a lot of experience in this. I know people spend a lot of uh, time at events, also in your industry, but in many different industries. When you, when you think about now where you're currently at with the cadence of events, because you are doing a series of events to get to get this project that you have going into place. How do you think what you're currently doing is changing the way that the organization uses events for this project? Well, I, I think that it's going to change our event, right? So it, it, it's it's redefining how we look at these things. So. I, I think I, I've mentioned that like in, in, in for this particular, you know, initiative, change management initiative we're working on, you know, one of the things, one of the piece that was built in, you know, traditionally was this annual event that we would have. And that's, that was the culture, right? You know, someone, someone told me, uh, if you want to, to know what the culture is, just sit down and watch what people do. And that's the culture. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think that has that has changed for good, regardless of our ability to get together or not. Those those point in time, you know, gathering will 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 have been redefined by what we're doing right now. I, I, I do believe. Wow, powerful stuff, Pierre. What I'd like to do a year from today. I know that we have many conversations lined up between now and a year from today, but. With your permission, I'd like to ask you two things, to, and, and that will kind of round off this onstage part of the podcast. A year from today, we'd like to reach back out to you and talk about your horizon of change then and how you look back uh, at what this has contributed to it. Are you up for that? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I, because, you know, I don't, I don't think this story is over. So I look forward to, to, to look back at the whole story in a year from now. Yeah. Second question is, the questions you just answered without preparation, right? So one of the things that we're trying to do for our listeners is to equip them with ways of looking at those questions. We'd like to ask you to maybe, and I'll send you that chat, it's a conversational, within a week from today, see if you could, but 
give us like the short articulation in, in a written format because that will also allow people to look at various perspectives as to how claiming time can work in different types of organizations and different cultures like you said where you know in different regions of the world we have different behaviors and different ways of claiming time and i think that's very valuable so i'll, I'll send that out to you and it's something we can then uh, take a look at okay sounds good this has been another episode of the Design to Change Designer Conversation Series. Explore these conversations and additional content at designtochange.online. Want more right now? Tune into the backstage episode of this conversation and hear what the experts discuss offstage.